0: another episode of unwise girls i'm your host jacqueline
1: and i'm your host jane
0: and we're your favorite podcast all about the books of rick riordan today we're continuing the mark of athena how you doing today jane
1: oh you know i'm i'm doing all right i i have glasses now
0: wait you have glasses now
1: i have glasses now the podcast the podcast thumbnail art is inaccurate it used, used to be that you were the glasses one and i was the not glasses one
0: yeah, people can't differentiate us that way anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you got to, to send me some pics later. I got to I got to know what this is like.
1: I do I think I've sent you pictures of the frames, but I haven't sent you pictures of what I look like wearing the glasses, which I should do cuz I I think they give me a good nerdy librarian vibe.
0: Hell yeah. I am doing a the the Moonshot Murder Mystery uh, Ooh, the, fuck this, yeah. on the 29th and so I've I've assembled an outfit that is um you might call it a little bit nerdy librarian.
1: <laughs> you called it vampire when you were describing it to me earlier. Kiara said that the blouse was vampire-ish. Just the blouse?
0: I, I think the rest of it isn't particularly vampire, but uh-huh. like there's the jacket and the skirt. I'm-, I'm just using a skirt I already own because it-, it matches best, but...
1: Well, I hope you solve that murder or get away with that murder, depending on what you're doing.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, should we talk about today's chapters?
1: I think we should.
0: These are... These are some. These are some ones. These are chapters. I think of these. The book.
1: These feel very light and very breezy, and I feel like they shouldn't.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like suspiciously light and
1: breezy. Should we should we do the summaries and then get into it?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Chapter twenty one. Leo, as the Argo two flees Charleston, Annabeth tells Leo that a Nereid Percy spoke to while diving told them to seek the help of Chiron's brothers, and gave them coordinates to reach them in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Everyone reorganizes on the ship to recover from fighting, leaving Hazel and Leo alone on the upper deck. They get into it about Sammy and eventually Hazel decides to try something a little risky, dragging Leo into one of her flashbacks the same way she did for Frank in Son of Neptune, so they can figure out the Leo and Sammy connection together. Chapter 22 Leo Leo and Hazel end up back at St. Agnes' Academy for colored children and Indians. They see Hazel being bullied by a guy named Rufus before Sammy cruises in and defuses the situation pocketing a diamond that Hazel had almost been forced to give to Rufus while she was being shaken down. There's some awkward flirting between the two of them before the scene shifts, leaving Hazel's life entirely, and fast-forwarding to the end of Sammy's. Hazel and Leo see Sammy reclining on his porch in his twilight years in the same place Leo grew up, Houston, Texas. Sammy's granddaughter is visiting to show the old man his great-grandson, who is obviously Leo. Sammy rambles to himself about how Hera told him that Hazel's great danger wouldn't happen in his lifetime, and he tells Leo to someday say hi to her from him. He blames himself for selling the diamond that Hazel gave him, believing that's why she never came back from Alaska. Things get very tearful at this point before the illusion fades because the boat is being attacked by a big monster. Chapter 23 Leo The monster fight goes extremely badly. Turns out Leo forgot to set up the sonar before he went into flashback mode with Hazel, so the giant catfish is too close to be blown up with the ballista. The ship is knocked around and Frank is whacked into the ocean, closely followed by Leo and Hazel, although Leo at least manages to use some Greek fire to kill the monster in the process. Before Leo blacks out in the water, a green face looks oddly like Chiron appears over him. Leo wakes up in an underwater cave with Frank. Hazel is being interrogated separately to them, and Leo takes the opportunity to fill Frank in on the flashback information, and reassure him that he's not trying to make a move on Hazel, even if internally he still thinks she's pretty cute. The revealing of slightly asinine secrets just doesn't stop, as Leo tries to use his fire powers to break out of the cell, leading Frank to freak out, and eventually start talking about his firewood, when he's interrupted by the arrival of Bithos and Aphros, two of their captors. Chapter 24. Leo. Aphros takes Leo off to interrogate him, and reveals that he's an
0: ichthyocentaur.
1: Ichthyocentaur. Basically, a centaur with a seahorse ass instead of a regular horse ass. He's one of Chiron's half-brothers, and Leo realizes that this is where the Nereid was telling Percy to go. Uh, Aphros, as it transpires, is the home economics teacher of camp. And then I've written, Jacqueline, please edit in a series of hisses and sonar pings here. (laughs) Okay. This is where undersea heroes such as Triton are trained, although the camp is technically independent of Camp Half-Blood and seemingly the Olympians at large. Aphros interrogates Leo, who spills his whole life story, after which Aphros becomes decidedly friendlier, deciding that he believes what the young demigod has to say. He reveals that Keto, the sea goddess from Atlanta, must have sicked that monster on them as revenge for fucking up her aquarium. At this point, Hazel appears, flanked by two new mermaid friends she's made. They all leave Hazel and Leo alone, and they have a heart-to-heart, where Leo confirms that he's not pursuing her romantically, which she sounds faintly disappointed about. And also Leo figures out what Frank's deal is with regards to his firewood. Bithos and Aphros return with Frank, and a lot of much-needed good news. They'll send some mer-heroes to sort out the Aquarium in Atlanta, so Percy doesn't need to worry about that, and protect the Argo too until it's into the Mediterranean Ocean to make sure Keto can't whack it with any more sea monsters. They also give Leo a basket of brownies and a letter of introduction for Annabeth to introduce herself to Tiberinus, god of the river Tiber in Rome, who will be essential for completing her Mark of Athena quest. With that, the three demigods are stuck in little air bubbles and zipped back to the Argo two. So, Jacqueline, what do you think of the chapters this week?
0: I don't have COVID-19.
1: Well, that is just lovely to hear. I'm glad that these chapters helped you come to this revelation.
0: Yeah, I, it did. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had a test going uh, right before I started this, and it just the alarm went off in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I was like kind of mad on them until like the last chapter where I was just like smiling the entire time. Uh, the, the this was my big feeling. They were they were like we said light and breezy, but pretty enjoyable at the end.
1: Light light and breezy, despite having what should be on paper a couple of like fairly shaking revelations in them. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah do you want to go over some of this
1: okay so we we learn in no particular order that um leo is the great-grandson of sammy hazel's old high school sweetheart uh there is a whole extra demigod camp in the ocean
0: oh that yeah it seems to be
1: like independent of like the olympian gods it's just out there vibing doing its own thing
0: it's mostly just about the, like the sea gods i guess
1: i get no because they're like oh we don't really want to talk to percy directly because we don't look we don't mind poseidon but we don't want to fuck with him too much we, we appreciate yeah. our independence uh and we also find out that uh frank's vibes still suck that's
0: true yeah it's really <laughs> sad so many so many things happen i where do we start here the the thing with leo the thing with sammy being leo's grand great grandfather we like kind of already knew that it feels like
1: this feels like such an an underwhelming and obvious reveal yeah i'm confused about why it was even being treated as a mystery to begin with
0: like okay sure the characters didn't know it right like the the so the characters had to figure it out at some point Uh but it was as soon as we learned that sammy was sammy valdez then we basically knew that right like that's yeah that's and easy. then we, we
1: knew that *Son of neptune exactly i guess this just means that leo never said his surname out loud since they've been on the ship
0: yeah yeah i got that's true it's mostly just there to it's there to get us a flashback and it's there to further the love triangle
1: right oh yeah this is this is this is accelerating the love triangle in weird ways.
0: It's accelerating it for a second. I was like, "Oh, it's going to put a stop to it," but that didn't happen.
1: I think I, you know what I appreciate. One of the things that I liked in Lost Hero was that Leo felt like he felt like he had a lot of depth. He felt like a very, very much like a real person, uh, and I feel like that does actually extend to these chapters, where uh-huh. like he's he's talking to frank and being like i don't really want to make a move on hazel and then internally he's like well yeah but hazel is kind of cute but also it's really fucking weird that she had a thing for my great granddad and i might need some time to unpack that
0: yes (laughs) it's leo continues to be a great character just like yeah that's that's how i would feel too probably he's also (laughs) he's also like kind of convinced frank is out to get him at the start of these though
1: like i think he's right
0: You think Frank really dropped him off, like, yes. on purpose? And, and, oh, God, he probably... No, because Frank's been such a dick lately.
1: Fra- I would not believe this of Son of Neptune, Frank. I would absolutely believe this of Mark of Athena, Frank, that he deliberately dropped Leo during the battle in Charleston.
0: Yeah, I I kind of can't blame him, though. This boy has <laughs> been, like... L- not not because of anything leo did like i guess leo's been kind of a mean so far but not nothing frank hasn't given back really uh more so just like it feels like the universe is making frank into a joke a little bit
1: it's turning him into gank
0: he's what who is that oh uh, gank. Gank. right
1: because one of the fucking <laughs> one of the centaurs calls him gank for some reason
0: right afros he's like oh yes your friend your friend gank god no he's becoming gank he's going fucking gank mode
1: like exact same vibes as oh yeah your friend joke
0: oh my god you're right he he's been reduced to the jake english role of a sort
1: joke shang oh my god
0: he um like the every single time he tries to like finally admit to like someone about his firewood secret he gets cut off
1: oh my god you're right
0: <laughs> this happened with annabeth earlier and it just happened with fucking like, like leo too and he was finally going to make that connection they almost make that connection and then it doesn't happen
1: i think that also happened a few times in Son of neptune too
0: <laughs> yes he's he's like being pulled comically off screen by a large book <laughs> every single time he tries to talk about it
1: uh, and I would feel bad for him, but truly the optics of these of these chapters opening with 16-year-old Frank Zhang once again screaming and arguing at his 13-year-old girlfriend is just, oh boy.
0: Yeah, because Leo's like watching them fight,
1: right? Yeah, Leo's, Leo's just like standing there with a completely neutral expression like, what am I looking at here? Since when do they fight?
0: <laughs> like...
1: And it is, seems this. constantly because they were only together for like a day before the quest started and since then it's, it's just been constant arguing about leo
0: <laughs> maybe this relationship is terrible actually have they considered maybe. that have they considered that maybe knowing each other for a day and then becoming soulmates who like keep their keep their lives? okay let, let's be fair to them they were actually in the underworld for years and years and years in their own perception of
1: their lives they they were also they hung out together for at least like probably a month maybe maybe longer before percy rocked up a camp jupiter
0: yeah so it's like it's not like they don't know each other they know each Mm -hmm. other very well but they've this is they haven't been in a relationship for very long
1: yes that's i mean this i guess this is this is the this is ryden's ryden's true trick not the one that you named the episode after last week uh-huh. Uh, which is that he gets us invested in the love triangle by making the vibes between uh frank and hazel so toxic that we're like yeah, maybe leo would be the better call
0: yeah it's we have i we've talked about this a little bit before right but like love try this isn't playing out like a love triangle to me anymore or like yeah. it kind of is but it feels almost more like the romance novel where one of the people is already in a relationship with an asshole and like the main main lead has to like steal them away from the asshole it's still kind of being like
1: framed as a love triangle but like all the motivations going into it you're absolutely right is kind of much more in that uh, this is a bad relationship that you should probably bail from space
0: yeah and that's mostly optics like you said like it's not being it's not exactly being said like that in the text it just feels like that to actually read it like that's actually the experience of it
1: it might help if either Frank or Hazel were perspective characters and we could get, like, their takes on this.
0: For the amount of time specifically we're worrying about their relationship, you would want that to happen. But no, neither of them are getting perspectives this time.
1: Piper, God bless her, hasn't really done anything yet. And I feel like the the, the time could have been better spent this so far.
0: Yeah, I, we've gotten... What did Piper do? She fucking, like, watched Jason and Percy fight and did a seance? <laughs> Yeah, so, basically. I guess that's cool, but <laughs> like, God, I was
1: uh... I was desperately hoping that um when in in the first chapter when everyone's getting like reorganized to recover from the fight, uh, Percy and Jason are both like almost passing out from using their their cool powers so much. Yeah, and I was really hoping that they would turn that into a pissing contest. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Like, oh, bro, I'm so much more exhausted than you. I use so much more power. No, <laughs> I'm more exhausted than you. Look, I can't even walk
0: like oh no see i got a head injury again man that's that. <laughs> actually I, I really took it there i we shouldn't gloss over the fact that they did like a duo a fucking duo ability like they combined their powers together
1: they did and that was very cool
0: yeah again off screen but like they it, yeah literally... it was like
1: it was the backdrop to um the the annabeth and Reyna confrontation in the last set of chapters
0: which to be fair very good backdrop like that's that's mm-hmm. some good scene setting but also, like, I want to know what it's like when, like, two demigods combine their powers.
1: It's fascinating. Yeah, because we didn't really get any of that in. We've seen, well, we've seen these kind of team-ups before between, like, Thalia and Percy, but they, we've never seen them, like, work together to create, like, a big sea storm.
0: I, I want to give a shout-out to a special man also. Oh? It's, and I never thought I'd be saying this, it's Coach Hedge. <laughs> <laughs> Coach yeah, Hedge is,
1: Coach Hedge did something useful.
0: He did something useful. He's like, apart from the Chuck Norris thing, he's really displaying some like that some of that character growth that we saw from him in the Lost Hero mm-hmm. that we kind of that we kind of thought was like lost, but maybe it wasn't actually. Like him, there's the scene of like Leo kind of dissociating and like not realizing that he has been just like steering the boat for hours and Mm -hmm. hours without like he like blinks and he's lost time uh and the reason he comes back is because coach head comes up and is like hey kid like you gotta stop like let me let me take the wheel for a little bit and that's so nice that's such a good gesture that really makes me feel for like the first time like maybe this is the appropriate guy to have went with them
1: yeah he seems like he's actually doing something other than singing a version of the pokemon theme where he says gotta kill them all
0: uh huh. Which he does do also in the chapters. He does do
1: that. But yeah, it's uh, I I love the detail about Leo. Like he realizes that like, he's gripping the wheel so hard that he can't let go of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: that's just a great way to convey that he is like absolutely terrified in a way that he doesn't really admit to himself.
0: Definitely, Leo is having Leo is probably having the hardest time of everyone here. Mm-hmm. Like Annabeth, sure. Percy, whatever. Piper, okay. But Leo Leo's gotta fucking fly this thing.
1: <laughs> Leo is kicking himself for uh, uh, setting up the controls as a Wii remote for a bit and now has to actually use those in combat.
0: <laughs> God, yeah. What do you what do you think of the combat here? There's sort of a big there's a big monster fight.
1: I it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I you know what? No, there is a highlight which is um Leo yelling at Frank like, wait, Frank, you can shapeshift, get into the water and turn into a shark and attack this thing. And Frank just kind of, like, turns and looks at him as like, what, what do you say? And while he's standing there, a technical, like, smashes him off the boat into the water.
0: Yeah, another gank moment for sure.
1: <laughs> is that what we're calling these now? These are gank moments.
0: I guess so. <laughs> I...
1: We can replace the not assist hat thing, which we keep forgetting to do, with what was your favorite gank moment this week?
0: We've run out of characters who I don't know. Maybe we could figure something out this week.
1: Here's the fucking problem. I was thinking about this actually. Why it keeps slipping our minds? The yeah. problem is that uh, that because the boat is full of couples, uh, everyone is constantly being heterosexual.
0: That's the thing, right? Yeah, and and like we can't just keep coming up with the reasons why people are trans. Like I guess we can, we actually very easily can. The the problem but... is that
1: usually we do that with Frank. But Frank is Frank has been logging onto like uh, toxic transgender four chan boards.
0: Oh God,
1: <laughs> he's been on fucking slash D or whatever it is. No, that's the wrong thing.
0: Isn't there like a slash like Tra or whatever?
1: Something like that.
0: Oh, that's maybe that's Reddit. I don't know. Uh, he goes on the fucking the fucking Twitter that's run by that's run by like a d- military contractor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, T T T T, right? T T T T X.
1: That's the one. I was thinking for some reason. I thought uh, uh, slash D slash, which is the one where dorses come from, and I don't know why that. That's just that's just the bookmark for Four Chan in my brain.
0: Oh God.
1: <laughs> the point is, the we- Frank sucks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I want him to get better. I, maybe he'll get better and we'll be like, yay, Frank, again. But for now, Frank is... Frank's having a phase.
1: I hope I hope that Frank gets to the stage where he can live and learn. Yes. He'll be making an apology post about this. <laughs> <I> Please. <think.
0: laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I'm very sorry that I, I treated my, my girlfriend this way and that I was so... Okay, there is one part... I, I, Leo, why do you have to say that Frank looks like a Buddha?
1: We're two for two on um, Leo saying like, weirdly racist things to his friends, because he also had that thing about um, Piper tracking Buford in Quest for Buford.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I... Is this just Leo? Is Leo just racist?
1: <laughs> I, guess I don't want to so. accept this. Maybe Rick is like, it's fine if I make Leo say these things.
0: It kind of... Okay, the problem is that is kind of what it feels like right (laughs) a little bit like it kind of just feels like rick riordan putting his voice out there and like he wants to make these jokes or whatever but he has to vocalize it through a character who isn't white or otherwise
1: it'll look even worse
0: Mm -hmm. uh which oh man oh man not great
1: not great uh, what else happens in these fucking ch- there's the flashback there's the flashback this is oh speaking of the flashback actually this i i i don't like something that introduces into the into the thing which is the um we one of the things that we kind of liked about gaia so far mm-hmm. is that she is like more she is still kind of a manipulator in the same way that Kronos was but she's less kind of like Playing 4D chess with the characters are more just like, I don't know, kind of dangling them around, giving them hard choices to make, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she just straight-up lied to Hazel about what happened to Sammy robs me the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was trying to figure that out. And I, I... Gaia is a liar, and that's what this means now is that Gaia will tell lies and it really did just feel like oh Gaia is like omniscient about all the things that happened on earth before right mm-hmm, yeah but now it's that she will lie and that's that's a little weird did Chronos ever lie
1: I think C- Chronos lied a lot but I feel like it's for a character named the crooked one it's okay that he lies and I kind of liked as a point of differentiation between him and Gaia that he did that she doesn't <laughs>
0: that's the thing right Mm -hmm. it's it's a weird it it feels weird and out of place because this is not the kind of villain we know her to be Gaia is taking on more and more of a character as these books go on it kind of feels like like she is Mm -hmm. becoming more present and more like directly voiced um like which in a way is
1: cool because it kind of parallels her waking up and becoming more active
0: yeah I just hope it doesn't converge too heavily continuing on with like previous antagonists yeah, yeah. Because we've we've we know that Rick Riordan has trouble with that.
1: He sure does. <laughs> we've... Uh, poor Apophis.
0: Poor Apophis, my lord. <laughs> Didn't think I'd ever say it, but that that snake <laughs> deserved
1: better, I guess. He deserved to be written better.
0: Yeah, I I do want to talk a little about about Sammy though. He's a silly he he's a silly little guy. He's basically the exact same person as Leo when he's young he's just Uh, leo
1: but kind of smoother
0: a little bit he's not even that much smoother though he's like what if leo was slightly better socialized i
1: guess
0: (laughs) and like leo of course magnifies this like a million times he's like oh he's so much better than me i'm i I hate myself so much but he he i mean he's very similar to leo until he grows up
1: until he grows up and he becomes a
0: completely different man
1: yeah, he just... it just I mean, I guess that makes sense, because he's, like, what, 80 years older or some shit? I guess so. 60 years older he'd be, I guess.
0: It's interesting. He goes from being, like, the young guy who never speaks Spanish at all to being, like, the old man character who is, like, constantly just peppering Spanish words and throughout his sentences.
1: Uh I I I could be generous and say that maybe like he doesn't speak a lot of Spanish when we see him in his younger flashbacks cuz he's in like this shitty segregationist school. Uh-huh. it will be like, you know, speak English or you sit in the corner with a dunce cap on. And maybe, yeah. maybe when he's older he's able to like get more into like speaking Spanish.
0: That's a that's actually a fair read.
1: But yeah, I... old old Sammy's weird. Why is he still pining after Hazel? <laughs>
0: yeah, I I, I get this to a degree. Like, lost love or whatever. Like, maybe he never... No, he definitely loved people after this because he's a, he's a great-grandfather. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> why isn't he pining after, like, his dead wife or something? Why is he, like... Like, a, th- there? there's a tragedy to, like... Someone you loved very much and losing them so unexpectedly, and like the the coincidence of like oh he sold the diamond like that really must have cemented in a, cemented it his mind. But come on, get over
1: it. Also, I can I can see it being something that's stuck in his brain when he was this old, but I don't know if it's like deathbed shit, you know? Yeah. Although, I, oh, you know what? Actually, no, I'm I'm possibly selling him short because uh, a literal god did turn up and be like, hey, that that person, uh, was like mythologically significant in some way and will be alive at some point after you die and you need to tell your son to say hello to
0: that's true actually yeah
1: (laughs) so never mind maybe we're giving him a hard time
0: yeah i yeah sammy sammy gets a sammy's pretty cool i'll I'll, I'll give sammy a
1: win here i like the idea that just because um uh, sammy was hanging around in texas during the 90s that he might have run into tres navarro
0: that's such a good idea <laughs> no i want like leo's mom to show up in one of those stories or something
1: god that would rule
0: because they're aren't they both in san antonio or am i misremembering uh the, this
1: one's in they're in houston
0: gotcha okay it's a different city but you know
1: oh listen trey's has to like go to the airport to fly back to san francisco or something so there's there's this room there for a crossover i think
0: mm-hmm. definitely definitely
1: It'd be really funny if one of the plots of a Trace Navari book was just like this workshop burned down and this woman uh, died, and there's no <laughs> way to solve it because it was magic. That's,
0: that's the that's the final Trace Navari book. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about this really shitty crossover that he tried to do. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure whether or not to talk about this, but I think we should. Uh-huh. I this flashback also really cemented for me that Rick Riordan has a certain type of like. villain character like funny villain that he loves to write Um, Mm -hmm. it's it's you have to be like big and fat and you have to be like like slow ugly and stupid basically Uh, that's 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 Rick Riordan is constantly like describing his villains in this way this this Rufus character shows up is, is like that kind of to a T basically and it feels so gross if they're
1: a mythical one, they'll also have dreadlocks.
0: That's true, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's true of right. like, all the all the evil Cyclopes, right?
1: Mm-hmm, and all the giants. And all the
0: giants. Like, Rufus is kind of just a smaller polyphemus, in a
1: way. God, he kind of is a lot. Yeah, because he's got the whole, like, being, being tricked by a weird performance thing as well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't want to give that, like... Oh, such a very clever parallel! I don't really think of it as that. I think it's more like this is the, a type of lazy character writing that Rick has fallen into.
1: Yeah. Also, if it's on purpose, it blows. Yes. <laughs> I will say that it was very funny. Uh, reading Leo being like, "Oh, who are these? All these old actors that uh, Sammy is making reference to." It's it's I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but everyone around me seems to find it hilarious. Uh, reading that in the same book where like we're a decade on from it and it's making chuck norris jokes
0: yeah <laughs> it's not great <laughs> like come on rick where, where's your sense of like tangibility not tangibility uh, longevity
1: <laughs> god I, listen he, he couldn't possibly have known at the time that i don't i don't think he he realizes that light like, memes die I bet we read the new Percy Jackson book and it still has a Chuck Norris joke in it because he thinks it's still relevant.
0: He's old. I guess you have to give him a pass for that. (laughs) It's it's so, like... Leo, these are two of the most famous actors of all time, I feel like. Like, these are two incredibly common names.
1: Oh, no, I was with Leo in this. I don't know who the fuck these people are.
0: You know who Clark Gable is? Nope. (laughs) That's, That's fascinating. Like... I, I i guess it's fine like you're you're a baby you're a child but <laughs> clark gable he was he was the king of hollywood
1: some said hi so probably a sex pest
0: oh almost certainly <laughs> Got he was in gone with the wind wait who was the other actor that leo was saying uh was it was it scarlet o'Hara it was, i think it was
1: Hedy something
0: oh Hedy lamar
1: that was it yeah
0: fascinating at the beginning of world war ii Hetty lamar and avant-garde composer george antel developed a radio guidance system for allied torpedoes that use spread spectrum and frequency hopping technology to defeat the threat of jamming by the axis powers so i guess that's
1: cool that's cool uh leo should have consulted her so that he remembered to switch on the sonar on his fucking boat
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this is a pretty bad mistake leo there's a,
1: you know what? I I do sympathize because he's even when Coach Hedge is dragging him off the wheel, he's like, "No, fuck! I'm forgetting something." Uh,
0: uh, yeah, wait, I'm still yeah. in shock.
1: Uh And then uh, the girl that he kind of likes is like, "Hey, let's stand on the deck alone and hold hands," and he gets immediately distracted.
0: Of course, of course, like like anyone would.
1: <laughs>
0: but unfortunately, that does mean that that they the boat gets totally fucked and again. I, yeah do we even know what happens everyone yet like by the end of any of these chapters do we know that everyone is safe
1: i think i think yeah the the mercent people are like yeah everyone else is fine they're on the boat looking for you
0: okay right right okay
1: it'd be really funny if like jason died off screen or something
0: <laughs> they didn't know about him so they didn't say anything <laughs> like i don't know why jason being injured is the funniest thing to me now
1: the problem is that I, I I do have a soft spot for Jason, but it's kind of the most interesting thing about his character is just him getting repeatedly hurt in horrific ways. I feel like I feel like we're dancing around talking around it because enti- entirely because we don't know what to call it. Call what? An Underwater sea camp.
0: Yeah. Oh right, it's fucking camp. Blood
1: right.
0: Right. Doc no, Leo's like. Oh, it's camp fish. We can just call it camp fish blood. Who gives a fuck? Let's
1: just call it camp fish blood. I'm sure it'll get an official name later.
0: Yeah, <laughs> i I love this place.
1: This seems really cool. I want to. I want to see more of this.
0: Same. This is this kind of opens up a whole new world, like a whole new dimension. But it really, it's done so casually that it feels just very, I guess, very like early PJO.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it has the same. It kind of builds off what we saw in um, Last Olympian with like uh, Poseidon's underwater kingdom.
0: I mean, you're right in that, like early on PJO and things like that, uh, we are building and we are building on things that are existing, but we are we're expanding out the world in a way that kind of so far in the Heroes of Olympus, the world has not been expanded on so much as it has been, I guess, re-explored, reinvented, like looked at at a different angle
1: we've had romans retconned into the gaps basically
0: basically yeah and that that feels different than this what this is Mm -hmm. is like going and just saying like oh yeah there's an entire undersea camp that's different that's like different shit
1: (laughs) i don't know i i i am trying to figure out where the hell this fits in with like camp jupiter and camp half-blood Because they're like, these these are the two different sides of the endless civil wars that plague the countries at the heart of the West. Uh, Also, there is another camp full of fish people.
0: Maybe they're not even, like, demigods, though.
1: No, because one of them's a triton.
0: Oh, right, is triton a demigod?
1: I think so. Or it might just be a god. I know he's, like, related to Neptune, if I'm remembering my solar system properly.
0: He's related to Neptune. He's definitely, like, a sea god, right?
1: largest natural satellite of the planet Neptune. Fuck yeah.
0: Hell yeah. And he was like... He was the king in the SpongeBob movie. Yeah. I think yeah. I think he's also Ariel's dad, maybe?
1: Maybe. Which I guess means that indirectly, Leo was correct. The Little Mermaid is related to this place.
0: Yeah. And let's go over these other names, too. There's Glaucus. Glaucus is like... He was an actual... Glaucus was an actual like legend Like oh Glaucus will go up and save sailors Because he like died at sea But he was a sailor so he'll save you if you're Drowning at sea or something like that All right. Um, then the other two names are Weissmuller and Bill uh, I
1: don't <laughs> I can't tell if this is a reference To like the deep Greek lore Or something
0: uh, Weissmuller is a like a Like early 1900's Olympian like swimmer
1: Oh I see
0: who then went on to play like Tarzan and various jungle guys in movies? Huh. So that's interesting. Uh, and I have no idea what the fuck is up with Bill.
1: I think I think Bill is just just there because it's funny to have a guy named Bill.
0: It is honestly, it
1: is. Okay, wait, no, I've come to my theory. I've I figured out where these fit in. Okay. Uh, which is uh, the. camp Camp jupiter and camp half-blood they are like both sides are like civil wars in these countries and stuff uh and when shit really hits the fan uh you get you get the ocean people coming in uh, and then you get a bronze age collapse oh that's what these guys do although i guess i guess that was like egypt and shit so maybe these maybe these people show up in crane king chronicles (laughs) maybe they're in demi magicians
0: Oh, I hope they are. I hope they're in every fucking book from now on. I. Afros, I was not immediately enthused by because it was like, oh, he has an Afro. And so that must be why he's called Afros. Boo.
1: <laughs> but he very quickly charms me. I, yeah, I like that he is. I, I am always a sucker for, like, um, big strong burly character who is like oh no my whole deal is that i bake brownies i'm yes. the home ec teacher
0: yes absolutely
1: <laughs> it just his his vibes are good it seems like leo leo has had such a fucking confusing and horrible time around frank especially that just being able to vibe with this guy who's like hey i like you and i believe the things you're saying here's a basket of baked goods mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's a it's a leo w
0: I want fucking brownies from this guy.
1: Same, because those would be fucking sea salt. it would be sea salt on those brownies.
0: Oh, it would be so good. He, like, starts knitting mid-interrogation.
1: Oh, God, I forgot about that. That's so good.
0: Basically, <laughs> like, he gets out the, like, needles, and he's like, oh, I'm going to be tortured. It's, <laughs> no. He's He's amazing. I this entire end of chapter just I, I, like I said, I was smiling for the entire thing. I thought it was so fun. And then at the end they use the fucking they use pearls. They like in like in the Lighting Thief, they use pearls to send them back up.
1: Yeah, this this fucking sent me into space.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Where I was like, Okay, so these are these are the pearls that you use as like a last resort to bail people out of Hades Palace in the middle of the underworld, the most dangerous place you could possibly be. Uh, also, they make you go up in the water.
0: <laughs> to be fair, that's also what they did in The Lightning Thief, as uh, they went up in the water. They
1: went up through several layers of solid earth, then through the water.
0: I guess that's true. Maybe, like, I, are these the same pearls?
1: They, I guess they might be different pearls that protect a little bubble around you and then make you go up.
0: Yeah, but at that point... <laughs>
1: I know that like the the ones from Lightning Thief were called like the Persephone's pearls, but I don't remember if that was just the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I'm that might not just sure. Be the movie. I I think so, actually. Yes, because Persephone was not in the Lightning Thief.
1: <laughs> yeah. God, what the fuck else happens in these chapters? These 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 are about a new camp and big revelations about Leo's backstory, and basically fuck all happens still somehow.
0: I mean, Hazel befriends some mermaids. That's cool. God. No, I'm so glad it was these guys instead of the fucking
1: party ponies again. God, you know what? No, that's a fair point. Because uh, when when Annabeth first brings it up, Leo was like, oh, do the party ponies have a yacht or something? And I was I was terrified. You know they have a fucking party boat. They have a party boat. I, I maintain to this day that that's how they got on the Princess Andromeda at the end of uh, Sea of Monsters.
0: Oh right, right. We rocked
1: up in their little boat and ruined Gone. the end of that book.
0: <laughs> oh, what a bad little thing!
1: I did have, I did have one of my my patented um, falling off my own bike and blaming Rick Raiden for it moments. Oh yeah, where I was like, um, uh, Leo is like sinking in the ocean and he sees like a sinister face coming towards him that looks kind of like Chiron. The little part <laughs> of me is like, oh, I know who Chiron's dad is. <laughs> I had to fucking like stamp down on that instinct so I didn't get duped by myself again. God, that's
0: really fucking funny. I, I just want wanted him back to... man. You want him back so bad. He
1: was a cool villain. He was so cool.
0: Kronos is dead forever. There's no coming Chronos back.
1: Kronos is, is dead forever. Because I, Rick didn't I, do the thing that I wanted him to do in Kane Chronicles where like the Canes use Egyptian magic to heal him
0: yeah it's
1: sad I'll email Rick Riordan about this and see if he'll like revise the later editions you should <laughs> I'll I'll DM him on the twitter account that he doesn't run
0: just completely change the plot just for you <laughs> let me, I don't know, let me check Rick Riordan's blog really fast to see if he said anything he hasn't, oh, uh, okay
1: he hasn't made a, a post about putting Kronos back in the, uh. no.
0: no i was really hoping it would after you sent the email already right i did i did okay
1: like five seconds ago and he still hasn't replied fuck it
0: god fucking rick riordan
1: <laughs> oh shit there is actually percy jackson news which i've just found while like looking for this stuff what's that uh apparently filming has wrapped on season one of the uh percy jackson show
0: yo holy shit
1: wraps filming teases season two return yeah no fucking shit <laughs> They're gonna yeah, tease of course. That. they want to get renewed
0: yeah also Percy Jackson is one of the most like popular book franchises ever it's it's going to be renewed for a second season probably
1: yeah it's like it, it's like the big Y a book series that you can like in public without being quite rightly punched in the face
0: yeah like if you start talking about like oh the by the bird of bone or whatever like hook and crow owl and night, then people will like look at you like you are like asking for money and they'll say no you can't talk about YA because people in this world are mean you and... can maybe
1: swing uh, may the odds be ever in your favor but then people will know what you're talking about and will call you cringe anyway <laughs> that's true <laughs> what
0: the fuck is that
1: uh, Hunger Games is...
0: oh yeah I was like is that Harry Potter or what Christ no should we do a Hunger Games re-, re-, re podcast after this? Is that where we're going? Uh,
1: I don't know. Those books were alright.
0: Yeah. I guess, have you read them? I haven't.
1: I guess, so I guess we could, like, invert a thing that we have yeah. on this podcast where, like, you vaguely remember some of these.
0: <laughs> is that how it is?
1: It, it's kind of how it is. I feel like I, you, I... you remember the first five pretty well and some of Kane Chronicles, and then after Son of Neptune, I feel like... You. Yeah, is that is I mean, that true? Is that accurate?
0: There's a lot of scenes from House of Hades that I think I remember. Ooh, but that's about where it stops for me. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Maybe House of Hades was really bad, and you stopped reading Heroes of Olympus there. I,
0: I think Blood of Olympus just wasn't out yet, and that's just when I stopped getting them.
1: Oh, I see.
0: I think we should probably wrap
1: it up here. I think we should probably. Ra- we're really, we're really grasping the fucking straws these chapters you know, were fine
0: yeah listen to another podcast after this just like keep listening to the podcast. just go back listen subscribe to the patreon listen to more uh these these were fine
1: <laughs> you okay You're, why, what's, what's up what's going on with you wait what's up good go, go listen to another podcast no don't tell them to tell them to re-listen to our old episodes on on repeat forever
0: that's why I said go listen to the Patreon My course corrected oh
1: I see I see sorry I was two steps behind on your amazing sales pitch
0: Ah, uh, yeah so I guess that'll do it for us today I think so our intro and outro is Super Mario Ocean by Space Pony you can find that at OC Remix
1: uh our cover art is by Vera at Innsmouth underscore and inn on Twitter
0: we're hosted by the Moonshot Network of podcast you can find us on Moonshot Pods on Twitter and uh Moonshot Network on co-host
1: no, wait, it's the Moonshot Network on Twitch, and just... Wait. Oh. Yeah. What, what, what is then co-host? I think uh, it, that's still just Moonshot Pods.
0: Okay, well, get get consistent URLs, Moonshot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that from us, uh, unwisegirlspod at gmail.com, and Girls at twitter.com.
0: Oh, you know, God, nobody fucking emails. Email us, come on, email us. You email can, us
1: some questions.
0: You can email us questions...
1: We, st- we do the q a segment but nobody ever sends in questions
0: yeah people don't realize that we still have that bot we just look at it sadly and always say oh no questions this week and then i have to cut it out because we both cry
1: it's just patreon saying hey come to this creator thing introducing the creator hub i don't care fuck off
0: have do you want us to do nfts and we say no and they say okay
1: friendly nudge we'd love your opinion about patreon fuck off uh, but we would love to see uh, more of you subscribe to our Patreon.
0: That's true. Uh, we would love for you to go to patreon.com slash and leave a dollar a month if you want to, uh, where you get the Discord role of Camp Counselor. Uh, for $3 a month, you get the Discord role of Friend of Bacchus, as well as all of our bonus content.
1: Uh, yeah if you want to listen to the latest bonus episode uh, which includes one of Jacqueline's friends uh, kind of uh, invading the call to talk about his new soundboard uh, and several seconds of me looking for a piece of gumpler that I lost if that sounds appealing to you
0: pitch pitcher harder pitch it harder uh,
1: we are we're like, at the point of Homestuck where we're like asking questions about stuff that Andrew Hussey clearly does not want to answer and I think that's actually very interesting to talk about
0: there we go. Uh, <laughs> the, the first pitch was good, too. I'm just going to leave it all in. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, for $5 a month, you get the Discord roll of Venus is Chosen, all of our bonus content, and a special thank you at the end of every
1: episode. Speaking of which, this week we'd like to thank Danny, Tana, Mercy, Veronica, Friend, Bree, and Erica.
0: Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And as we always say, at the end of every single episode see you next week camp half blood see you next week camp half blood bye bye